Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. At the edge of time, one figure hovers over all, taking in the microscopic nuances that the universe has to offer. There, nearly motionless in space, Silver Surfer considers which planet he will offer to Galactus next. It is then that another figure seemingly appears from thin air, ten feet away, staring him down, as Beerus materializes facing the Herald with both arms behind his back. It's my job to destroy planets, not you or your bosses, Beerus calmly claims. Then it will be my job to destroy you, Silver Surfer retorts. I was very much hoping you'd say that, Beerus mutters, and the universe might not be around much longer after this. It's Herald of Galactus versus God of Destruction. It's Zen Lavian versus Offworlder. It's Silver Surfer versus Beerus. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Ray Canis. Today's battle pits two heavyweights on the cosmic power scale up against each other in a battle that could put either of their respective universes at stake. In one corner, you have the Silver Surfer, one of Marvel's most powerful and enduring characters, versus Dragon Ball Super's Beerus, a literal god of destruction who won't hesitate to show how powerful he really is. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google search just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed and... Yeah, wow, this matchup has been really discussed, hotly debated, dissected many, many, many times. However, it's never come to a clear and decisive conclusion until today, that is. With all that being said, Ray, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I like this matchup for several reasons. One, Silver Surfer is one of the major big-time characters that we've never used on the show, and we're here in Season 5 right now. So this is the time to use all the characters that are massively well-known that we've never done before. And Beerus, look, we got a complaint that we don't use enough anime characters. I responded that I have a complaint. People don't listen when we use anime characters. This is the chance for everything to come together and some beautiful synergy. We're going to use an anime character, and hopefully you're all going to listen to us use an anime character. Ray, I love how you just uh, charm the listeners and, and just win hearts and minds with um, nothing you say. James, some uh, you know, people Ray, don't uh, like listen, it that ratings... I tell it how it is, and that's just the truth, and if you don't like it, hashtag Ray is right. Uh, uh, again, uh, thanks for all that. Ray, look, you know, Ray, all joking aside, our ratings, our downloads, our listens, they've been really, really strong, especially for season five. That's thanks to the Legion of Audience, our absolutely incredible fan base. And me. 
But here's the thing I was thinking about. They are, you gotta admit, they're pretty awesome. Now, here's the thing. There's been a lot of superhero movies that have been coming out and unfortunately not kind of doing as well as, you know, the powers that be would wish that they would do financially. So I just had a question because we're doing well, thankfully. Movies and TV. Are, are, Ray, are we in a period of superhero fatigue? I don't think so. I think that we're in a period where some not as compelling superhero movies have been coming out. I mean, look, I think we've had some of the better superhero movies of the entire era. You got to take like the Avengers movies, Infinity War, Endgame out of it because you're just never going to reach that again. That was 10 years and like what, 17 movies to get us to a point where we were all leaping out of our chairs when Captain America picked up the hammer, right? And smacks Thanos in the face with it. That took like like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of working hours to get to. Now we have to start kind of over again with a brand new slate of characters from scratch. Forgive me, I don't think the movies have been particularly bad. It's just that when you're coming off something so massive, anything will feel like a decline. You know, that's interesting, Ray, because I'm wondering, and I've been wondering this for a while, was it too big, too much, too soon to go with Thanos and the Infinity Stones? Maybe we should have had... Galactus first as a threat to the world before we went to a universal threat. I mean, it's kind of hard to go backwards. This is kind of, uh, you know, a tricky thing to do when you give someone an amazing steak. It's the best steak ever. And then you're like, great. Now here's a, I don't know, cheese sandwich, but it's really, really good. We're going to probably complain because it's not like steak. I don't know where I'm going with that analogy. I didn't eat today, so I'm pretty hungry. But here's the thing. We have someone on the show who knows geek culture inside and out, who's not only going to be an amazing judge, but who's going to have some great insight into this question. So without any further ado, making their first appearance on the Who Would Win show, it's a podcast or a journalist. It's the content overlord. Yeah, I said it. For Geek Fives Nation, one of the greatest websites and sources for all of your geek-related news is Tia Fabi. Tia, welcome to Who Would Win. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm telling you, that's probably the best introduction that I've ever had. And now I'm going to steal it and use it every time I go on a podcast. So thank you. I mean, you're in terms of overlords, and Ray and I have met quite a few uh, doing the Who Would Win show. Sure. You're probably the uh, nicest, uh, <laughs> but most powerful of all the overlords. So I think it's a well-deserved title. Now, Tia, before we get into that question I was talking to Ray about, tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, what you do with all the great things that is Geek Fives Nation. Yeah, so for those who are listening, again, my name is Tia. I um, am the content overlord, as James said, for Geek Vibes Nation. We are an online web uh, news media outlet. We have a website, geekvibesnation.com, as well as a YouTube channel, Geek Vibes Nation. We cover everything. We are not biased, whether it be movies, TV shows, comic books, video games, books even. Does not matter. I even covered a Broadway play or two. So we enjoy it all, whether you like all the geeky stuff, the nerdy stuff, or you are a true cinephile and you want to enjoy the indie films that A24 puts out, we cover all of it. So it's really fun. We do a lot of great interviews. I do have to drop that the two most recent interviews that I did was uh, with Gary Chalk, who was the voice for Optimus Primal for the Transformers Beast Wars. I did that in honor of the upcoming Transformers Rise of the Beast movie coming out. And I also interviewed Luke Kirby, who played Lenny Bruce on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is currently running its fifth and final season. So 
had to drop that there. No. Real quick, James, that brings up an interesting point. When are we going to have a Broadway show tune character on the Who Would Win show? That's one Ooh. thing we've never done before. I mean, there's always, you know, I was thinking about it. Julie Andrews, <laughs> who's also uh, Mary Poppins, dare I think could fill that role really, really well. Just, you know, I don't know why I pulled that name out of the Complete the like randomness. That. Look, I, I actually have a question. <laughs> I have a question for Tia. Listen, we're, we're wondering, Ray and I are kind of talking about this. Are we in an age of superhero fatigue, you know, based off, you know, box office not being what, you know, people hope it would be ratings not being always as strong as we want for our superhero and geek culture shows. What are your thoughts on that? So it's interesting that you bring this up. This was something that me and the crew over at GVN were actually speaking about the other day. There does certainly feel like there is a fatigue. Um, even amongst us, we are kind of maybe going and seeing the movies out of obligation. That's not to say that there isn't some really fantastic stuff out there. I agree with Ray that I don't think that Phase 4 was as bad as people say it was in the MCU, but it's just hard to live up to Endgame. I remember the buzz on Twitter during Endgame, people saying, I'm just not going to watch Marvel movies after this. This told the story how I wanted it to. I don't think that there's necessarily a fatigue in geek culture. We want to see things like House of the Dragon, um, Transformers, the Last of Us. So I think there's certainly still that energy for geek stuff. I think as far as superheroes, I there is a little bit of a fatigue. Um, people are missing the old characters that they're used to seeing. They don't have that attachment, these new characters. And I feel like people are less willing to form attachments the way they were willing to form attachments during the first few phases. Um, that being said, I think, honestly, James Gunn, uh, being at the head of DC, I think is exciting people. I think once we start seeing his DC movies coming out, you'll see a more excitement, which does suck a little for the MCU, but you know what? The MCU has reigned for the past like 20 years, it feels like. So I think they can kind of take a backseat for a second. You know, I I, I got to agree with you 100%. Um, and a backseat doesn't mean that you're not successful. Right. It just might mean you're not as big as you previously were. But then that's a great time for a reset as well within Marvel. Because, you know what I mean? I think DC and Marvel have always, they could have had a very cool synergy amongst them. You know what I mean? Where people could love everything as opposed to people thinking they go against each other. I got to say, I, I agree 100% with everything you just said. And this is why you're going to be an amazing judge, by the way. Not me sucking up to you whatsoever, hoping for a third <laughs> win in a row, which would be fantastic because I didn't get a lot of good Christmas presents from Race to Kansas this year. All right, listen, with all that being said, it is time to get this show started. We have amazing characters in both Beerus and Silver Server battling it out for the first time on the Hoodwin Show. We've got an amazing judge with Tia Fabi and... You've got me and Ray Sicanus. What more can you want? With all that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the herald who can only be defeated by low tide, the Silver Surfer. And representing Dragon Ball Z, the cat-like god of destruction who can make your entire planet history, Beerus. Using air quotes. Well done, Ray. I know. All right, now before we go any further, let's go over. <laughs> let's go over the official rules of a who would win match. Rule number one: Each debater will make three points. Rule number two: The who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. 
Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Okay, Ray, listen, when it comes to Dragon Ball characters, whether it's Z, Super, whatever, you know what I left out, GT, which version are you using the manga or using the anime version? We're going to go with the anime version. It's the easier one for my poor Western brain to take in. Uh, I got to watch a lot of Beerus and wow, this guy's pretty rough. Yeah, he is. Okay, look, there's been so many great versions of the Silver Surfer. We were talking before the show how much we even enjoyed the Silver Surfer from the original two Fantastic uh, Four movies back in the day. But uh, I'm going to go on a limb and try something different. I'm going to use the Silver Surfer from the current Marvel 616 comic book history. Oh, wow. Just because, yeah, I know, that one has crazy powers, and that's what you need when you go up against someone like Beerus. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides. Has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to leave the Who Would Win show a five-star rating and a fantastic written review wherever you listen to podcasts. Ray and I would super appreciate it. And by the way, we read all of our reviews and discuss them in great detail. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is summertime and that means get-togethers. It means swimsuit weather and HelloFresh has got you covered. Why don't you make your home the hangout place this summer with crowd-pleasing eats from a backyard bratwurst bar to tangy key lime pie? HelloFresh Market makes summer entertaining a cinch for you. And let's face it, you want to eat well this summer, right? If you're going to be showing off your body, potentially. Well, HelloFresh's menu features calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options, plus new vegan dinners to choose from as well, so you get some variety. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavorful recipes that leave you feeling satisfied. 
And let's say, for example, you want dinner fast. You could just get it delivered, but let's face facts, that's not always fast, is it? But you can think of HelloFresh with their fast and fresh recipes. They're going to be ready in just 15 minutes or less. Plus, HelloFresh is 25% cheaper than takeout. What's the deal? I've used HelloFresh in the past. I enjoy getting a box of meals sent to me because I like going on the website or the app or however you choose to do it, right? And I like to go on there and I like to look through all the meals. And HelloFresh has a ton of meals to pick from. And I like to pick things that I've never made before, right? I like to pick dishes that blow my mind. Like I look at the picture and I say, I don't know how I could possibly make that. I can't even conceive of what that is. And then I order it and then I do it. And that's the way that you help improve yourself, right? Improve your knowledge base. Reach out with food. It's possible with HelloFresh. I will speak to that myself. Go to HelloFresh.com slash WWW50 and use code WW50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That is HelloFresh.com slash WWW50 using code WW50 for 50% off plus free shipping. It's a great deal for some great food with America's number one meal kit. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring... You can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now, let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Beerus. Beerus is a god of destruction in the Dragon Ball Z universe. He was created by Akira Toriyama and first appeared in the movie Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods in 2013. Beerus is a purple hairless anthropomorphic cat who wears an Egyptian-style swag. He's a god of destruction whose entire job is destroying planets to create balance in the universe. Beerus has two favorite things, great food and fighting the mightiest opponents that he can find. He's so powerful, however, that the food part is the one that he really has to lean on most of the time. Fun fact, Beerus's name was originally supposed to be Birusu, 
which is a fun play on the Japanese word for virus, being he's ever spreading, uh, he wasn't intended to be a god of destruction, etc., etc. But wires got crossed, and Toriyama got it in his head that the character was going to be named after beer which then created the name Beerus instead, and it set the course for all alcohol-based names for this entire group of new characters. So Beerus's trainer is named Wiz for whiskey. His twin brother, God of Destruction, is named Champa, which is uh, champagne. And his attendant is named Vados, or vodka. No telling when the great god uh, Tequila will make an appearance, though. Anyways, that is Beerus. So between vegetables and alcohol, he's got those two things as naming conventions for his characters. Among Is that correct? others, yes. He's a weird one. That's fair. Wouldn't expect anything less. All right. Well, here are the details for the Silver Surfer. Now, the Silver Surfer, one of Marvel's comics' most enduring and endearing characters, was created by writer Stan Lee and artist Jack Kirby. He first appeared in Fantastic Four number 48 in March of 1966 as a herald for the planet-devouring cosmic entity known as Galactus. Initially named Norrin Rad, the Silver Surfer was a young astronomer from the planet Zen La. Desperate to save his world from being consumed by Galactus, Norn Rad agreed to serve as Galactus's herald, searching for suitable planets to devour. In return, Galactus imbued Rad with the power cosmic and transformed into the Silver Surfer, a silvery-skinned, cosmic-powered being who could travel faster than the speed of light on his signature surfboard-like craft. Over time, the Silver Surfer's character evolved as he struggled with his role in the destruction of countless worlds. In his early appearances, he was portrayed as a tragic figure who felt immense guilt for his actions. After a confrontation with the Fantastic Four, however, who convinced him to rebel against his master, the Surfer turned against Galactus and helped save Earth from being consumed. This led to numerous adventures alongside Earth's heroes, which enabled the Silver Surfer to be gradually transformed from a reluctant destroyer to a hero dedicated to protecting the universe and all of its inhabitants. And here's an interesting fact about the Silver Surfer. Did you know that the Silver Surfer's iconic surfboard was created because artist Jack Kirby was sick and tired of drawing what was originally intended as his mode of transportation? It's true. So when the concept of a Herald of Galactus was created, Stanley and Jack Kirby both agreed that this character would need to travel through space. I mean, that just makes sense. So the ideas of what kind of spaceship it's designed, what it could do, what it couldn't do, were all discussed. Having had time to come up with many, many designs for spaceships for previous characters over the many years he's working, Jack Kirby stated that he had had enough of drawing spaceships and thought of something a little simpler that he never thought people would go for, but they did, which is how he came up with a surfboard. Remember, this was the 60s. Enough said. And now you have the facts of both opponents. Tia, do you have any questions before we get started? No, I don't think so. Honestly, you guys did a great job describing the characters, and I just chuckled and laughed and said, of course, Dragon Ball Z would name their characters after beer. I have no doubt about that. Ray, hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Beerus. Let's just let's just start with his obvious power. He's basically the most powerful character or among the most powerful characters in all of Dragon Ball Z, especially in the era that he was there. He is a literal god of destruction. It's exciting to be a herald of Galactus. That basically means that, you know, Galactus gave you some power and now you're going to do things and work for Galactus. But Beerus is a god among gods of his own. His job, his literal job, is going around finding planets he doesn't like 
and just eradicating them easily. He doesn't struggle to blow up these planets. Like at one point he took a little drop of his power, dropped it down into the ground. It went into the soil. And then the next shot was the entire planet, which was a large sized planet, just rupturing, exploding, volcanoing everywhere as him and his uh, uh, trainer just kind of hovered in air watching, just being like, yep, that's what we do. Didn't like this one. There it goes. This is a guy who, you know, at a very tiny amount of his power level can blow up the planet. So I would ask the question, what is Silver Surfer possibly going to do against somebody who's bringing this level of power? Remember, Silver Surfer can't step up to Galactus. He can't. Galactus will whoop him 10 times out of 10. And if Silver Surfer can't step to Galactus, how could he step to Beerus? It's an easy question that I don't think has an answer. Look, this is a guy in Beerus who destroyed half of a planet by, he ate a whole bunch of food, decided it was too greasy, decided grease was going to slow him down in his fighting. So therefore he was unhappy eating greasy food, tapped one finger on the table that he was sitting at and half of the planet blew up tapped a finger on a table and blew out half the planet. He ate wasabi and he ate wasabi. He was not ready for the spiciness. And, he, and as a result, he blew up seven planets in a row that were just around where he was because he, do, he, he was eating spicy food. Obviously, he tanks the entire force of a planet exploding in his face because that's what he does for a job. It's not like he blows up the planet and has to run away. No, he sort of just hangs around, takes that blast. And again, the force of a planet exploding, pretty massive force, much more so than a silver surfer punching you. For example, this is a guy who once destroyed the sun. Fun story. At one point, he's, he falls asleep. He goes into these long hibernations. Like He's a character who's been around for a long time, and sometimes he takes these 20, 30-year cat naps, as he would call them, and one time he sneezed in the middle of sleeping. Didn't have full control over his power when he sneezed. So what happens? He destroyed two nearby suns by sneezing. By sneezing. And then a second time, a feather touched his nose when he was sleeping. He sneezed, and a moon just blew up. This is who we're talking about. Look, through most of DBZ Super, he's only using 10% of his overall power, and he has to climb to get to that 10% when fighting Super Saiyan 2 Vegeta, which is the second form of Vegeta's Super Saiyan blah blah blah. Vegeta steps to him, and he defeated Vegeta by literally just flicking his wrist, and Vegeta was done. He used a technique on Goku, which basically telekinetically flung powerful Goku around and caused his body to explode. He did it to him repeatedly and defeated him this way. He can contain his and his opponent's fight energy. So as the fight goes on, there's an energy that's created. He can contain that energy into a ball of explosive power that he can then launch at that person. So he can use your own powerful force against you. And my other favorite, there was a character named Zamasu who attacked him with what's called an energy blade attack. He just caught it with one hand, pulled his hand down, said a couple words, and then literally popped him out of existence. Literally evaporated him from thin air. A very powerful character just waved his hand and he was gone. Silver Surfer ain't got nothing against Beerus. And that's my point number one. I would, I would like to call my following rebuttal. Show me that you don't know anything about the Silver Surfer without saying anything about how you don't know anything about the Silver Surfer. Look, Beerus is awesome. I love Beerus as a character. 
from his first appearance to what he does in Dragon Ball Super, it's absolutely fantastic. But he's got some really cool weaknesses, which I'll get to later. Look, destroying planets easily, that's something that easily can be done by the Silver Surfer. His power level is often underestimated because just like Beerus, he holds way the heck back. But don't worry, he can tap into whatever he needs indefinitely. So he's definitely going to be more than keeping up. Look, Beerus is really cool, but he's got some cool weaknesses too. Like that whole wasabi and spicy food can really play havoc with his insidey place that causes him to get angry so he's got a weakness to spicy stuff really and he's got emotional flare-ups because he's not in control of his temper or his emotional well-being that is also a huge weakness look on top of all of this I'm just going to say it. Planets seem to be very fragile in Dragon Ball. Look, Vegeta comes in. He can destroy planets. He threatened to destroy the Earth. All that's kind of cool stuff. It's kind of a running... Not a joke, but a running kind of gag within Dragon Ball. Hey, he's strong enough to destroy planets. Who isn't? At this point, Krillin, one of the you know strongest humans, but weaker characters of that um, power level, he can destroy planets. It's something that's commonly done. And by the way, you know who can easily destroy planets? Very easily. Again, that's the Silver Server. So with all that being said, let me get to my point number one, and let's talk about his powers and abilities. Look... Currently, the Silver Surfer is listed as one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe. He's stated to be a universal level threat by the Nova Corps. That's like the space kind of please Green Lantern equivalent in the Marvel Universe. Okay, but so you guys know why. So he's made what is called out of what is called the Power Cosmic. And the Power Cosmic is this source of literally limitless cosmic energy that he can tap into and that he's also made of. And the Power Cosmic is, is literally everywhere in the Marvel Universe. So he never runs out of what he's made of. This is crazy. So what can he do with it? So in terms of super strength, you know, Marvel Universe has this, this kind of thing that says, hey, he's class or she's class 100. So if they're class 100, that means they can lift 100 tons. That's his starting point. But the really cool thing about him is that there are two characters in the Marvel Universe that are listed as having limitless amounts of strength when they need to tap into it. One is the Hulk and get, you know, just wait for it. The other is the Silver Surfer. That is a fun fact. So he can be as strong and limitlessly strong whenever he needs to be because he just taps in that power cosmic. He is beyond invulnerable. This is crazy. So his entire body is made of that metallic coating that we see. Uh, it's indestructible. It's impenetrable. It takes something that crazy powerful to break into it. That's just the thing. He can survive black holes. He flies into stars. He can take supernovas unharmed. Literally just stand there. Supernova, sun goes supernova, and he's just, yeah, whatever. I got it. Uh, when it comes to super speed, he's really on another level. One time, he searched the entire Earth for Namor in less time than it took Doctor Strange to finish a sentence. He flew from the Earth to halfway across the universe in minutes. That is incalculable. His speed has been described as distorting space and time. And what's even crazier is that at that speed, the Silver Server can actually think and process information and fight at that insane super speed. So this is not someone who's going to just travel really fast and just go fast. No, no, no. He can do anything and everything at that insane speed. And just like his super strength, if he needs to go faster for some reason... He can do it by tapping into the power cosmic. Look, the really cool thing about Civil Surfer is that he's used a variation of Ray Sikane's favorite fighting technique called the Infinite Mass Punch. Now, Tia, all that means is he goes from zero to infinity speed by through this crazy acceleration. So his mass just goes to infinity. Anyway, he hits harder than anything, and he can do that almost better, possibly better than anyone uh, of all time. His reflexes are way faster than Spider-Man's, as in way faster. He's got limitless stamina. He can fight at peak for 
I don't know, thousands of years because he taps into limitless energy. He doesn't need to eat. He gets what he needs from that cosmic energy. He's immortal, by the way, as in truly immortal. That's cool. And on top of that, he's got this ultimate healing factor. Anything that's strong enough to hurt him, he can just tap into the power cosmic. It's instantly healed. It's a better healing factor than, Jared, than Deadpool could ever have. An arm gets ripped off. His head gets ripped off. What? Fine, because he's made out of energy. That suit's a container, which is made out of power cosmic, which is inside the suit of power cosmic. I don't even know how this works. He's made out of power cosmic. This is crazy. Look, as powerful, as powerful as Beerus is, he's great, but he's nothing like the Civil Surfer, who, by the way, can use the power cosmic to also hypnotize people, because before he was a Civil Surfer, Silver Surfer, he could do that. Now, with the power cosmic, he's even better at it. And Beerus, I'm pretty sure, can get hypnotized. There's so much more. Uh, man, he can alter his size. I mean, this is crazy. He's got, last thing of this, he's got all of these, what I call kinesis, okay? He's got telekinesis on a planetary level. He can move planets with telekinesis with his mind. He's got pyrokinesis. He can control heat that burns hotter than a star. He's got aerokinesis, where he controls manipulate air and gases. Hydrokinesis, where he does something with water. Cryokinesis with coal, chloric with plants. Uh, he can photokinesis with manipulate light and be brighter than 10 suns. Chroma, whatever, he can change color. I don't even know why he needs that. He's got it. He can manipulate gravity, make things as heavy as he wants as a neutron star. So Beerus is gonna have to deal with that before he starts fighting him. Look, he can also use the power, to, to, he can control the weather and control weather in space. I don't know what's happening. I don't drink any alcohol, but it sounds like I do based off what I'm describing with the silver server. Put all of that together and I even got to the good stuff. That's my point number one. Okay, I got a lot to push back on. First off, how, James, are you just going to open up with things that are not true? You say Beerus has no emotional control? What? As a character, Beerus is literally known for being the most even keel of all of the highest powered characters. And he's not even a villain per se. He's a god of destruction. That's his job. It's not like, you know, he, he takes particular joy. He loves being powerful, but he's not an evil character and he's He's always in control of his emotions. So the idea that you're saying he's going to fly off the handle is absurd. And anybody who knows literally anything about Dragon Ball Z just yelled at their radio when they heard you say that. Now, the durability feats you mentioned for Silver Surfer, those are standard low-level Dragon Ball Z durability feats. The ability to be near a planet when it blows up. Yeah, okay. You know, it sounds like he's got a lot of planetary abilities. That's great because my character destroys planets. You also said Silver Surfer was made of energy, right? Cosmic energy. T.I., I want you to remember that. Remember when James said that Silver Surfer was made of energy. It might come into play later. Uh, uh, but a Silver Surfer doesn't win a lot of fights. He wins some. He loses a lot, too. Silver Surfer was once KO'd by The Thing from the Fantastic Four punched him real hard, knocked him unconscious. Adam Warlock once saw him coming. I don't know how you see a guy coming when he moves as fast as James is saying. Adam Warlock saw him coming, took him out, dropped him with one energy blast. Moon Dragon, not an overly ridiculously powerful character, dropped Silver Surfer with a single Cybolt. Silver Surfer loses a lot. Beerus doesn't. All interesting facts. I actually really enjoy where this battle is going, but let's see what our judge has to say. Tia, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at with this battle so far? Whew. I mean, I think both of you guys make really fantastic points. I 
didn't know nearly any of that about Silver Surfer. So I think that was really cool. Literally where my mind was going, James, when you were talking was, wow, I can't wait for the Silver Surfer to be on the big screen. But then as Ray was talking, I was saying to myself, you know, I'm like an old school Dragon Ball Z watcher, like original Toonami on Cartoon Network Dragon Ball Z watcher. So we've obviously obviously seen a lot of really powerful characters on DBZ and that just sounds crazy uh with Beerus so my head is kind of in the hmm this is this is more difficult than I thought it was Ray had me at first when he started but then James brought up a lot of good points so I'm not gonna say just yet This is oddly enough to you, this is kind of exactly where we always find ourselves. Very rarely is one of us ahead because we both play, you know, a little possum here. We're not revealing our whole strategy just yet. This is the chess match. So get ready to be really entertained. By the way, shout out to anyone who loved Toonami. That was awesome. Much respected to you for just bringing up something that is, is classic for all geek culture lovers. Something Ray Stacanus never watched, by the way, Tia. Just How you may dare want you? Toonami is a cultural touch point that I watched the crap out of it. How... How dare you? I was gonna say. <laughs> hold on, hold on, Tia. Watch this. Ray, spell tsunami. No. <laughs> Point number two, Ray. Point number two for Beerus. Let's talk about some of his style because he he's capable of a lot of things, and I've only just brought up some of them in the raw power. But he's a character who does some wild things on the Dragon Ball Z uh, uh, network of shows and movies. He fought Piccolo, and we know Piccolo is a very powerful Z fighter, one of the best, ran with Goku for a long time, arch enemy, etc. He fought Piccolo wielding a pair of chopsticks and only used the chopsticks in the battle and easily defeated Piccolo with chopsticks. That's outrageous. He poked him a couple times, grabbed him, turned him, flipped him. He was done. Chopsticks. Those must have been some powerful chopsticks. He also blocked an entire onslaught with one finger. There was another powerful kind of monster character who was fighting him, doing all the punches, and he just held up one finger, and he was just blocking every single ridiculous Z Fighter punch that he could possibly have around him without taking a single scrap of damage. He grabbed a character named Gotenks with two fingers as he came in for the punches, grabbed his whole body basically and hauled him with two fingers and then wouldn't let him go. He's just pushing and struggling and trying to get his arms free and he wouldn't let him go with two fingers of power. Ridiculous. Ridiculous to uh, put your will over a character like Gotenks like that. He fought with his brother uh, Champa. I've been saying Champa over a uh, puff puff fruit, right? They fought over the course of the galaxy, over the course of the universes, these two gods of destruction who were twin brothers. And they literally had to be pulled apart by their master because he said, hey, if I don't stop this fight and bring you two down, the entire universe will be destroyed. The entire universe will be destroyed by you two powerful gods of destruction. I don't feel that way when Silver Surfer fights. You know what I'm saying? When he fights, I'm not worried that something's going to go wrong and literally everything will end. But that's how it is with Beerus. Beerus likes to, as his power set, create a very small little ball of energy, kind of work on it, build it up, build it up, then suddenly make it absolutely gigantic and then hurl it at you. And it's real hard to get out of the way of something that's coming at you the size of like a planet, you know, especially when you're only 10 feet away from him. That's going to take some doing. He fought a character named Majin Buu, uh, very powerful, you know, the big bad of one of the series. He stood there because I guess he wanted to see what Majin Buu was capable 
of, and he just took repeated punches to the face. Just repeatedly. Punch, 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 punch. And didn't even move, didn't flinch, showed no sign of damage, and then when he was tired of it, just grabbed the fist of Majin Buu and dropped him just like that. These, I mean, if you know anything about Dragon Ball Z, these are ridiculous characters. He tanked Vegeta's ultimate Gallic gun blast attack, right? Shot him with one of the most powerful, overwhelming energy blasts you've ever seen. He stood there, he blocked it, tanked it, and then when the smoke cleared, everybody's, you know, huffing and puffing, being like, oh man, he's just hanging in midair as if nothing had happened. Like he was just walking through the park. He dodged attacks from three different gods of destruction at the same time. This is, I mean, he dodged full-blown attacks from Piccolo, Android 18, and Tien, all doing the super anime, you know, uh, uh, E-Honda super punches repeatedly, three in a row from all sides, and just doing this a little bit with his head bobbing around, dodged all of it, never got tagged. He dropped Vegeta by tapping him on the forehead. <laughs> You know, as somebody who watched Toonami, who these people are and what they're capable of. So the idea of somebody just reaching out and going, boop, and then that character dropping to the ground, downed. And that person being Vegeta, of all people, ridiculous. And another ability that he had, I had to throw in, this is a good spot for it, he's able to clone himself. I've seen him do it over a dozen times when fighting Goku. Each of those clones has the same power level as himself. And he just encircled Goku, and then they all shot an energy blast at the same time, hurting him pretty darn badly. And then they all just formed back into one character again. And he's like, eh, just another day for Beerus. He's too much for the Silver Surfer. I think I'm making it pretty clear. And that's my point number two. Ray, I do believe that you may have watched Toonami here and there, but based off what you're saying, I don't think you, it's kind of like you in school. I don't think you actually absorbed any of the material. Here's why. Because when you're mentioning he did this to Vegeta, he did this to Tien, Android 18, Piccolo, even Majin Buu, you got to remember that was after the Dragon Ball Super or Dragon Ball Z saga with Majin Buu, where they all kind of got together at the end. They defeat Majin Buu, time moves on. This is what takes place after. The power levels have kind has shifted. So when he first comes down, we're talking about Beerus, he comes to Earth, he's a god. They, they, no one's really encountered a god-level being before, and they caught him by surprise, even a little bit. Vegeta did, of course, he lost, and then that's when Goku kind of does what Goku does and figures out how to match Beerus's power for a while. Here's the deal. It's great, but in terms of where the characters in Dragon Ball were to get to where Beerus was, that's kind of uh, not even close to where the Silver Surfer is right now before he even tries to amp his power. Now, in terms of Silver Surfer losses, here's a fun fact. When he first came around, he's got 50 years or more of history within the Marvel Universe. He used to be used kind of like a jobber in pro wrestling. Hey, you want to put this other wrestler over this guy, bring in the Brooklyn Brawler? They used him as the Brooklyn Brawler a couple of times until they're like, no, screw that. And then in the 80s and up, he became more and more powerful, which is what we have today. All right. With all that being said, let me get to my point number two, because I, I got a lot more to discuss about the Silver Surfer's powers, and we got to talk about that surfboard. Okay, look. The Silver Surfer has way more powers that he's going to bring into this fight that I mentioned my point number one. Keep in mind, he's had the use of these powers for thousands upon thousands of years. He knows how to use them in any way he needs to, and he's had 
thousands of years of experience fighting everything you can think of. Remember, this is someone who traveled with Galactus. You're going to see a lot on that kind of tour of space. So in terms of additional powers, he can absorb and manipulate any and all forms of energy. Blast him with any type of energy attack, and the surface is going to absorb it or change it into another form or easily deflect it. On top of that, he can generate crazy power. He can easily generate more thermal energy than 10 suns combined. That's insane. He's also got cosmic level senses. Look, this is where he can see, hear, understand everything around him. He's going to see Beerus and understand exactly what he's facing right away. Beerus is going to take a while to figure out what Silver Surfer can actually do. That's just how it's going to work. On top of all of that, got to take a deep breath for this. Silver Surfer can create super powerful force fields, create stable black holes, create a star, create solid energy, often the forms of a cocooner barrier, restabilize and recharge a star. He can accelerate the evolution of life forms on a planet-wide scale. He can time travel. How do you deal with that, Beerus? He can see the past by peeling back the layers of time. That's pretty powerful. He can travel between dimensions. He can open portals to different areas of the universe or to other dimensions and make these portals so big that three billion ships at one time could actually go through the portal he made. That is seriously powerful. Powerful. He can cast illusions that are strong enough to fool, uh, fool Galactus. He can use his power to influence human emotion and sensation, which works best against opponents who are prone to being very emotional. By the way, Racicanus, that's exactly who Beerus is. is. Take away his ice cream or make him see something that he doesn't like or let him watch a tournament that's happening where his universe is at stake and his characters or, his, or the people in his universe are losing the tournament. He loses his mind. That's just who he is. Now, here's a fun one. The surfer also has the ability to suppress or absorb the powers of other beings, making them temporarily or permanently unable to use them. That's fun in a fight, but there's more. He can manipulate matter at the molecular level, meaning he can transform anything into anything else. He can transmute stuff. He can... I don't know. It's endless what he can do to, you know, molecular manipulation, I guess is what it's called. He's also a reality warper. This one takes effort from the Silver Surfer, but he can tap into the power cosmic and warp reality. That's crazy powerful. We saw this when he reshaped the entire universe to get rid of an alien influence that took it over and restored the entire universe, every planet, every person, every being back to their original forms, the entire universe. That's crazy. He can teleport himself or others. He can shoot insanely powerful beams of energy from his hands his eyes, any part of his body. He can make them omnidirectional. And again, these blasts of energy, man, easily destroy planets. In fact, he's known to be a, a solar system destroying level person at his base weakest form. Look, in terms of power, he's listed as a casual planet destroyer because he can accidentally kill planets. That's why he's so careful. Uh, he can easily destroy massive stars in many different ways. But there's something else. Let's talk about the Silver Surfer's board. You can't say enough about this thing. Look, the board is made up with the same silvery material that, he's, that makes up the Surfer's body. And the board is also indestructible. It's made out of the power cosmic. It literally takes energy and turns it into this indestructible board. Board. If it's somehow damaged, the surfer can repair it super easily in an instant. Can even make new boards from Power Cosmic. That's super convenient. And the board is, I guess it's called psionically linked to the surfer's mind. It follows his commands instantly. Look, the surfer can easily fly without his board, but when he takes on these universe-level beings, he stays on his board just to conserve his power, but he doesn't need it. In fact, with this board, he can command it to attack from a different direction. Now it's a tag team between him and and his surfboard. By the way, fun fact, the surfboard can also trap super powerful, galactic powerful beings inside of the board where it can then destroy them inside the board. I don't know how this works, but it's something it's done. Look, 
when you have an immortal being, you know, with an endless supply of energy, wherever he goes in the universe, who can easily destroy solar systems, can manipulate any type of matter, including organic matter, can warp reality, and is considered a universal threat in terms of power, who also has a really cool surfboard, by the way, that's also an additional planet-destroying weapon, this spells disaster for Beerus. That's my point number two. All right, all right, all right. I mean, look, you know, you keep mentioning a whole lot of stuff that Silver Surfer's capable of. Oh, no, he's got the power of 10 suns combined. A sneeze from Beerus kills two of those right out the gate. So what are we even talking about here? And then you're all like, and then you actually had the gall to say, oh, well, you're talking about when Beerus fought these shonen characters at this point, but much later on, they get much less powerful. James. Shonen characters' power levels always grow. It's the entire point of the series. We don't go backwards in power. He goes from Goku to Super Saiyan Goku to Super Saiyan 2 Goku, Super Saiyan Blue. Like, they just keep ramping up and up and up. So what are you even talking about? Look, in the universe creation saga, which came later, he fought Goku, Vegeta, and Trunks by himself. He single-handedly overpowered their combined efforts without suffering a single injury. Frieza... We know Frieza from his saga. He trained for 40 years while Beerus took a cat nap. Became more powerful than Super Saiyan Blue Goku and Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta. And Frieza was still terrified of Beerus and wanted nothing to do with fighting him at all. And the other thing to talk about here, he is made of energy. Silver Surfer is made of energy. I mentioned it before, Tia. I want you to remember that. It might come into play later. Is he made of energy, though, Ray? I'm trying to figure that out. Yes. Excellent. All right. <laughs> okay, we are at the turning point where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, Tia is going to tell us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Tia has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today, we have a very special patron. He's got a brand new show coming up with Dial Up Movie Club, the Nightwing show that I'm going to be a part of. We're talking about Matthew Dawson. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Matthew Dawson is indeed powerful. Okay, you know what? I'm going to just pull something out of nowhere. Let's go crazy. Let's have Matthew Dawson go against one of the most skilled combatants in all of animation. Of course, I'm talking about Ernie, the giant chicken that Peter Griffin fights on Family Guy. Oh, this is great because Ernie the Giant Chicken is going to be there sitting at a fast food restaurant with his family and he's going to run out of barbecue sauce. Why? Somehow he's eating chicken nuggets. Doesn't seem to track, but that's exactly what happens. Ernie stands up, gets some uh, barbecue sauce from the counter, and as he returns, Matthew Dawson stands to go get in line. They bump into each other. Ernie the Giant Chicken drops the barbecue sauce, thus triggering an epic confrontation as both their eyes get small, they look at each other, they glare, and they start throwing punches. And this is going to go all over the place. They start fighting in the in the rest area uh, that that this uh, particular fast food restaurant is at. It's a truck stop, and they're going to involve like being thrown in the fryer oil. It's going to be involved all of the different tools. The shake machine comes into it. Finally, fighting to where the trucks are, and then finally, Matthew Dawson puts his hands up and goes, "I'm sorry, Ernie. I'm going to write the end of this the way I see it." And using his power as a writer. In the Justice League Mortal and Dial-Up Movie Club audio drama series, he writes Ernie the Chicken out of the story. And just like that, Matthew Dawson wins this fight. Congratulations, Matthew. Good luck with your Nightwing. As a producer, all I'm going to say is, 
that the ultimate reality warping power goes to the writer. This indeed is a viable way for Matthew to win this fight. Congratulations, Matthew. That was awesome. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now back to the turning point, Tia. You've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? So in all honesty, I really believe that Ray is ahead right now. I am So while I do believe in a way that they probably have nerfed the characters a little in the battle against Beerus in the movie, right? I just feel like that's some, just from the sound of it. I'm finding it very hard. And as much as Silver Surfer can do all these great, amazing things, I mean, James, the way you are painting the picture, you are a champion of the Silver Surfer. You are really giving it your all. And I feel as if Silver Surfer is quite the force to be reckoned with. But I am finding it hard to really conceptualize anything beating Beerus. I mean, just the idea of being able to flick your wrists and all that going against, as Ray was saying, Majin Buu, Frieza, these are big heavyweights that I, you know, have given our heroes in DBZ a run for their money and to just so easily be able to defeat them, I'm having it really hard. I think that you really got to go against all those arguments, James. I, I'm really, I'm just... I need examples of Silver Surfer going against people. Uh, Ray has done a really great job of giving examples of Beerus fighting against heroes so that I can actually sit there and think about the comparisons. I gotta know the history of Silver Surfer. Who are some of the big, big names? You know, I wanna hear, has he gone up against, you know, people like Wanda, people like Doctor Strange, you know, people who have those type of powers that can actually go toe-to-toe with Silver Surfer, that's what I need to know. You did a good job, by the way, in comparing him to Deadpool, giving me that example, but I need examples. Got it. So what you're saying is I'm actually really ahead, and you want Ray to feel like he still has a chance so that he can kind of be still entertaining was point number three. I'm with you, Tia. We're on the same page. With all that being said, Ray Sicanus, let's see if you can actually get this win. Hit us with your point number three. It's funny you would mention Deadpool because in one story, Deadpool was given the power cosmic and he beat the living snot out of the Silver Surfer, weirdly enough, huh? Anyway... Thought I'd put that out there. Let's talk about point number three for Beerus. And we're just going to talk about some of the things he has done. We've got, talked about some very specific examples of very top-level heroes of one of the most powerful uh, concepts in Dragon Ball Z and how he just... He just, he just forces his will upon all of it. Beerus is millions and millions of years old, considerably older than the Silver Surfer, and he's used all that time to get more and more and more powerful. You basically cannot stand up to Beerus in this universe with the one exception of his own trainer, who, you know, the trainer isn't going to tell you absolutely everything, and the trainer's been around longer than Beerus has, and he's like, you need somebody to stop the wrecking machine when it starts wrecking a little bit too much he's been written in to be that one guy who can do it but 
At one point, Beerus uh, took 80 seconds to travel through space from one in Nebula to another Nebula, which pretty much matches the speed feats that James was talking about with the Silver Surfer. Uh, at one point, he was fighting Super Saiyan 3 level Goku. So, okay, Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan 2, blue. Now it's Super Saiyan 3. He keeps going up in power level. He beat him one shot by sneaking up behind him, kind of flying in behind him gracefully and giving him a neck chop, giving him a pro wrestling move from the 1960s and literally dropping him <laughs> right there, right now, Fights over, Beerus beats Super Saiyan 3, uh, Goku. It was very satisfying too. It was great to watch. Check out that clip. One thing that he can do, and why I mentioned the energy thing, is his one major power is he can nullify all energy. No energy attacks of any kind can work against Beerus. Goku tried one of those super powerful energy key attacks that went at him, and he just dispersed it into nothing. And Goku's like, ha, ah, because that's what they do in anime, right? Oh no, how'd you do that? He's like, I just negate all energy. I can nullify it. I can make energy stop happening. At one point, he nullified universal energy of the earth. In other words, the energy of all living things on planet Earth. He was able to, if he wanted, nullify all energy of the Earth. You want to talk about something that would work against the power cosmic. An important fact to work against a character who's made of pure energy. <laughs> if you can nullify energy, you, you drop the guy who's made of energy. Really that simple, but... We'll go a little bit further. He sealed an Elder Kai, who's a godlike character, into a sword more quickly than the god character could even recognize it was happening. So he could actually like seal you away into an object if he doesn't want to deal with you. Goku stated at one point in the show that even Toon Force wasn't going to work on Beerus because he was too powerful. Toon Force is the most powerful force in all versus battles. This is what Bugs Bunny uses. James would argue that's what Scooby-Doo uses in a battle. If, you, if Toon Force doesn't work against you, you're just out of luck. He fought Goku at Super Saiyan God level now. We're talking about the end of the whole thing. Finally, Goku powers up to fight Beerus, right? They are striking each other with blows that literally would destroy the universe, but they are each taking these blows and absorbing a blow after blow after blow that would destroy the entire universe. Silver Surfer can't match that. And the best part of this whole story is he fought Super Saiyan God version of Goku in the finale, right? You know, where Goku always wins. Except Beerus won that fight too and said it only took him up to 70% of his overall power level to do it, but he admired the spunk of Goku so much he decided to let the planets live. He decided, you've impressed me enough, I don't need to do any more. What character fights Goku in the finale, handles him easily, and then just walks away happily? Beerus does. Good luck, Silver Surfer. This thing's over. And that's my point number three. You know, there's a reason why my research is uh, legendary, because of what I'm about to lay down. Now, first of all, you know, Ray, you're saying that, you know, he went, you know, Goku went to the certain level, and then he went even more to Super Saiyan level three. No, no, no. So it's Super Saiyan one, two, three. And then he starts going to Super Saiyan level, you know, God, Ultra Instinct, you know, all those kind of things. Just get this in the right order. I don't want people coming after you online from the Dragon Ball I fan base. I left a few out, uh, and I'll live with that. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Now, more importantly, what was the sound again that Goku made when he tried to blast uh, Beerus unsuccessfully? You got to pay for repeats, James. You know that. That's fair. All right. Um, <laughs> okay, look. 
you know, the thing is, if you try to put Silver Surfer into a sword, that is easily something that Silver Surfer can escape from. He's escaped from the Soul Gem, you know, one of the Infinity Stones. Putting him in a sword is not going to do anything, but Silver Surfer can do battlefield removal by teleporting Beerus somewhere really far away, or more importantly, putting him into another dimension. It's going to take him more than two minutes to get back to the field of battle, just giving him the win that way. And finally, what you're describing, Ray, this energy and why we can destroy energy, I believe you're referring to the uh, Hakai attack, and the problem is that the energy of destruction, that kind of thing that destroys energy or whatever, it doesn't work on anyone who's considered a true immortal. That is a thing. Uh, that is something that Beerus even states himself. And as we already discussed, you know who's a true immortal? Well, that's the Silver Surfer. That's the thing. Also, if the opponent's strong enough, they can survive or outright nullify the effects of that attack, even be able to control it and redirect it. And you know who did that? Yeah, that's right. Frieza did that. And if Frieza can do that, yeah, Silver Surfer is going to easily do that too. So that attack is meaningless, really doesn't do that much against Silver Surfer. Let me get to my point number three, though. And let's talk about some big wins, Beerus's weaknesses, and how this battle is going to go on. Now, before we go on, let's say a cool, but relatively unknown fact about the Silver Surfer. He has been recognized to normally hold back and not manifest his full power unless he needs to. You talk about Beerus kind of like going up to 70%. Yeah. Silver Surfer's at, like, I don't know, a very low level of his overall power capability because he doesn't want to accidentally, you know, destroy all these planets, solar, whatever it is. He's trying to be in control when he does it. Now, you may be asking yourself, how can a god of destruction have a weakness? Because we got to talk about this real quick. Uh, never mind several of them. You know, James, are you crazy? Have you finally gone too far? And the answer is you can never go far enough in these battles, especially when you're dealing with someone like Race to Cana. So in terms of victories, the Silver Surfer beat the Hulk, but the way he beat him was cool. He hit him with a powerful blast of energy that not only took away all of the gamma energy and so he absorbed all the energy from the Hulk and transformed him back into Bruce Banner, where the Hulk was essentially gone. The Silver Surfer cured Bruce Banner and of, of the Hulk, which is a weird thing to say. He's also physically absolutely manhandled the Hulk as well because he's that strong. He beat a character named Mephisto. And Mephisto is kind of like the Marvel Universe of the devil. He beat Mephisto in his own, Mephisto's own dimension while Mephisto at the time was growing exponentially stronger. Remember, he's a great tactician and he used his mind, his willpower, his all of his power and took out Mephisto in Mephisto's own dimension where he was the absolute king ruler of everything. In a Marvel and DC crossover event, two of them, Silver Surfer one-shotted a Green Lantern. That was Kyle Rayner Green Lantern. It took one shot. They just collided and took him out completely. He's left standing. Not a problem. He also beat Cyborg Superman in another crossover with Superman. So, And even Superman was like, wow, this Silver Surfer guy, this is crazy what kind of power he's got. That's Superman saying it. He has official wins over Thanos, and he's even beaten one time. He beat Galactus. Take that very well. That's pretty crazy. But in case Silver Surfer needs to amp up his power, we're talking about that before, he can easily do so. Listen, this is someone, depending on who he's facing, and Beerus is no slouch. He's no joke. Silver Surfer is going to amp up, tap into the universal power that's all around him, and go absolutely insane powerful to take him on. Remember, if you can beat Galactus even once, you're a universal level threat. Yeah, you're going to be an insanely powered Super Saiyan level Super Saiyan uh, Silver Surfer. It's going to be fun. But Beerus also has some weaknesses. This is going to be key. Here's the big one. Beerus is super arrogant. In a one-on-one -on -one fight, he always expects to be the strongest one by far, and that's because he typically is, but that's not the case in this battle. When he fought Goku the first time, he was constantly surprised by how Goku could keep up, and the only reason he didn't lose was because he had more stamina than Goku, at the time at least. Beerus still got hurt, he still got hit, and he was getting tired, but 
Beerus on top of breathing hard and super tired and all that kind of stuff. The thing is, he's fighting the Silver Surfer who can amp up and never gets tired. So the more they're going to fight, Beerus is going to get tired. Silver Surfer, he's not because he taps in that power cosmic that's all around him at all times. This is really, really cool. Now, Beerus is super emotional. He, I already mentioned how he is, and that's a problem because the Surfer has used his telepathy to calm and overcome the minds of the Hulk when the Hulk is psychotically angry. He calmed down the Hulk and made him revert to Bruce Banner in that way too. He, uh, when panic was striking the entire planet Earth, he used his telepathy to calm everyone down. And he also created a super powerful mental projection. I told you about this before that fooled Galactus. This is crazy what he can do with this telepathy. It's very often underplayed. And another weakness is that Beerus doesn't have a defense against reality warpers. That is a fact. This is why it's actually the main reason why Beerus is afraid of what I think is the most powerful being in all of Dragon Ball is this cute little character called Zeno. Now, Zeno can warp reality, destroy universes with a snap of his fingers, and Beerus is terrified of him because he knows he doesn't have a defense against reality warpers, which is something the Silver Surfer can do, as I mentioned before. He rally warped the entire universe. It was hard for him to do, but he did. And finally, Beerus has an over-dependence on certain of his attacks. Again, it's his arrogance that comes into it. None of that's going to work on the Silver Surfer as I described. So here's how the fight's going to go. They're going to face off. Beerus is going to throw down first. He's going to attack Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer is just going to do what he does, deflect whatever. He's going to talk to Beerus while he's analyzing everything and figures out what Beerus is and realize, wow, this guy's actually a big threat. As Beerus is throwing attack after attack, he's upping his power level because nothing is working against the Silver Surfer, and the Surfer is also upping his attacks. Beerus throws his Sakai, that super powerful destructive force of energy, whatever, and he thinks he's going to be destroying Silver Surfer, who then just tanks it because he's an immortal and he can absorb energy and that kind of attacks happened before and it's not a big deal at the end this is when he absorbs Beerus's power this is when he uses that battlefield removal this is when he uses all of his powers and his reality warping to put Beerus on a planet because remember he reads minds and puts him on a planet where there's a ton of ice cream what happens when Beerus is near ice cream he gets really happy friendly and he's eating ice cream he doesn't want to fight or he teleports him to another dimension or he just absorbs all of his power or he just keeps on fighting amping his power until he overcomes Beerus just like the same way he's done before the same way he did with Galactus Thanos and Cyborg Superman and Mephisto in the end as great as Beerus is, because he's awesome, he just doesn't have enough versatility and the mental strength to keep up with someone like the Silver Surfer. That's why Beerus loses, that's why Silver Surfer wins. That's my point number three. Oh, that was a whole lot of words to say not a whole lot at all, quite honestly, James Gavsey. Look, you know, there's a difference between Silver Surfer using the power cosmic to transmute an entire world and conquering the most powerful god of destruction of all time. One isn't fighting back, quite frankly. And and the, you talk about the teleportation, and that might be worth something, except for the fact that uh, Beerus has fought against characters that have done the instant transmission move before, teleporting, and he's defeated them roundly and soundly and not lost to any of those characters right and and, and he uh, he disappears gods i think we should mention that right now he holds up his hands grabs them by the hand and makes them just poof out of existence you do that to silver surfer he's down for at least two minutes i would sure hope my goodness gracious now uh one thing uh, a couple things to mention about silver surfer is uh i looked him up in the marvel wiki which is uh, james's favorite thing Despite as strong as he's claiming Silver Surfer has, you know, Marvel rates him one to seven, seven being the most powerful, one being very weak. Silver Surfer only ranks a six in strength. 
he's not even like one of the strongest characters in Marvel Comics. There are several that rank seven above him. So what's he going to do against the God of Destruction? And Silver Surfer only has a five in fighting skill, which means that a master trained combatant like Beerus will, will fight rings around him. Absolutely. That's why the Black Panther, we know who that is. Did you know that Black Panther put Silver Surfer into an arm bar? an arm bar and he subdued him silver surfer couldn't get out of an arm bar from black panther and somebody else had to blast black panther off of him silver surfer was killed by a pile of marvel zombies gladiator hulk defeated silver surfer in an arena fight they just fought in an arena and gladiator hulk pounded him and won that matchup so at the end of the day i don't know what james is even going with here i don't know what's gonna happen uh, uh, again, Silver Surfer's made of energy. Beerus can shut down universal energy. What is what is Silver Surfer going to tap into when all the energy is gone? Beerus wins. That's the end. When all the energy is gone. That's okay. All right, listen. Tia, you've heard three points from Ray, uh, otherwise known as nonsense, uh, a term Ray's brought up. You've heard three points from me. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Beerus and the Silver Surfer. Oh, wow. Well, James, my God. <laughs> this is my mindset, right? Beerus has a lot of strength. We've established that. Um, I cannot imagine, and again, I, I stopped at I, I shudder to say that I actually watched some of GT, but I just couldn't anymore. But, you know, I, I stopped, uh, you know, just life got in the way. And so I did, I haven't kept up with Dragon Ball Z, right? But I know these characters and to hear about Beerus and to visualize in my head what he does. I mean, that is some strength. That is some strength that I cannot imagine. Silver Surfer has the strength but also the mental fortitude has a lot of like abilities in his pocket. So it's like, you can't always automatically say that the person with the brute strength is going to beat out someone, you know, it's very David and Goliath here, right? It doesn't always mean the person who is the strongest is going to win. So that's it. As I was hearing both of your guys point, I was trying to think that because, you know, part of me automatically wants to say, I'll just be frank that Beerus won. But then I sit there and I hear all the things about Silver Surfer and I go, okay, in this battle, you know, Silver Surfer would be able to mentally essentially uh, figure out ways to beat Beerus. And it is a huge tug and pull in my head right now of like who I think should come out in the, in the top. Um, it is very difficult. Um, and I'm just trying to think of their fight together and all of your points. Both of you guys made fantastic points. I'm just going to say that right now. Both of you fought gallantly for your respective characters here. And I very much appreciated that. I think that that battle alone, if they ever did battle, would probably destroy all of us um, and every single dimension. That being said, I do have a winner. I'm I'm gonna give it to Ray and Beerus wins this match. I James again, you did a fantastic job, and I really, especially with your third point, I really almost tipped the scale in Silver Surfer's advantage. But just the fact that Beerus has all this strength, I, I Ray gave some fantastic points of some battles that Silver Surfer lost. Right, you know, even though like the. 
uh, the Black Panther is no slouch, but the way that you presented the Silver Surfer, James, the Silver Surfer should easily be able to beat Black Panther. The fact that he didn't, that's very telling, amongst other little things. Beerus, to me, I think takes the cake here. I think the fact that even Goku not being able to beat him, as Ray said, Goku always beats the villain, no matter what. So the fact that he couldn't even do that and essentially Beerus came out as the winner there to me just says Beerus takes this. Ray, you did a fantastic job arguing your point. You gave really great examples. You were passionate about it. And I think at the end, that's really what made Beerus win. Because I'm telling you, in the third round, it almost went to James. Let me tell you why you're wrong, Tia. Here's the thing. (laughs) Now, (laughs) Ray did a great job, by the way. And what I'm going to say is not wrong. I'm going to say this. The Black Panther thing, because of the structure of the show, Raid said in his rebuttal, that was the final point. Totally cool. And I've used that point before. But that was a where he caught a Silver Surfer by surprise. And it was actually called mm-hmm. a, a hammer lock, Raid, not an arm bar. You, oh, unbelievable. So ashamed. Anyway. So what? <laughs> He's cosmically powered. An arm bar shouldn't bring him down. So he caught him in a hammer lock. And Silver Surfer was kind of like... Got it. No problem. You caught me. Great. And he could have easily like destroyed Black Panther. But he's like, I didn't want to. And that's oh, why I come around. Beerus has one thing going for him way more than any other factor than the Silver Surfer. And that's something Ray brought up. And that is his fighting ability. Right. And when you have people who kind of have a comparable power level, despite everything else, Beerus is a god of destruction and he loves to fight. And he loves to win because that means he's a better fighter. He loves the 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 thrill of the hunter of the fighting itself. I think that's where I do actually agree with Tia in her decision. Not with all the points Ray made, but Tia, you you, you ignored his points and came to a good decision. I'm actually okay with this whole outcome. With that being said, Ray, what, what tell the audience, Legion of Audience, how you feel with this victory. I mean, I feel great. I feel deserved. I feel like the last few weeks, James has ripped off some victories that, quite frankly, he did not deserve. And so, therefore, I'm glad. It's called the intoxicating mind fog. That's what James's point number three is. He casts a spell over you that he tries to convince you that actually this nonsense he's saying is actually the thing that you should go with. And it's the job of my final rebuttal to, 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 to like, you know, get the smelling salts out and to get you back to reality where I would obviously win. I'm glad to see that in this particular instance, you had the mental fortitude to not be tricked by that dastardly Gabsy magic. Now, of course, I earned it. I deserved it. And Beerus is the most powerful character maybe we've ever done on the Who Would Win show. The biggest thing I want to say, though, is most of the losses that I mentioned that Silver Surfer has taken come from the annals of who would win history as James has argued those characters and used it as a feat. He defeated Silver Surfer against me. So therefore, I just compiled a list in case one day the Silver (laughs) Surfer would be on the show. I'd have an entire list of James approved talking points to destroy him with. Ah, very cunning. I was waiting for it. You know, I've been secretly teaching Ray the art of war uh, through the Mm. Who Would Win show, and I'm happy it finally happened. It only took five seasons. It only took five seasons, Tia, and he finally caught on a little bit. Hopefully his lessons will continue and he'll absorb this. All right, listen, Tia, you were a fantastic judge. I loved your whole process. You did Geek Vibes Nation proud, and there's a reason why you are the overlord of content of Geek Vibes Nation. With all that being said, 
Please tell our fan base, the Legion of Audience, where they can find you online. Yes, absolutely. So I am on Twitter for however long that is still up. And on Instagram, you can find me at TC underscore Stark. Um, so just follow me there. And of course, please follow our YouTube page. We have over 6,000 followers right now, which I mean, to us is huge. We've grown tremendously since the beginning of 2020. So again, that's Geek Vibes Nation. And if you want to just, you know, see everything that we have, please do that. And if you want to follow me personally, again, I am on Instagram, Twitter, oh, and TikTok. Not that I really create anything there, but it's strangely an addicting uh, app. Uh, But again, that's probably also going to go away. But you can find me there as well, TC underscore Stark. All right, listen, Race to Canis, congratulations on a really well-earned victory. I'm proud of you, buddy. This was a good one. It was a great fight. This is what the Who Would Win podcast, the Who Would Win show is all about. Uh, Tell our Legion of Audience, our fan base, where they can find you online. This show is all about this. My victory and dominance over James Gabsey. That's what the Who Would Win show is all about. I'm going to use my time right now to talk about a great book that you should check out if you haven't already. It's called The Art of War by Sun Tzu. And the most famous quote is, to fight and conquer in all our battles is not supreme excellence. Disagree. Supreme excellence consists in breaking the enemy's resistance without fighting. That Sun Tzu never tried to match wits with James Gavsey, so he doesn't know what he's talking about. I take it back. Don't read Sun Tzu's The Art of War. Read Ray's The Art of War. A lesson in who would win victory coming out soon in Kindle form. I'm sure all I have to do is conceptualize and write it. So look for that. Probably never. Very, very, very humble winners. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is where it's hard to be humble when you're the greatest of all time to you. Tia, this is where people actually regret uh, giving the win to Ray and ask if they can switch their decision. But they can't. I'm just saying this is where they feel that. Much like Beerus, I've never lost a match. What I'm trying to say here is that you can find me on Twitter, at Almighty Ray. It'll be the one with no blue check mark because I will not pay for that at all. That's dumb. Why would I pay for that? I got to tell you that undo function is pretty viable. Listen, James, I know you paid for it. And let me just tell you, some wise person once said, if you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. Except somebody came around later with Twitter and said, what if we got somebody to pay for the product and still they were the product? That's you, James. Good luck. Yeah, I know. Twitter's so evil. That's where we got our fan base initially and, you know, continue to make money with sponsors and all that kind of... Anyway, with that being said... Hashtag Ray is right. All I'm going to say is you can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gadsy. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and at TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash who'd win show right now. 
Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.